Hi there, this is Tell Me About Your Elf. It's a show where I interview people and the characters they play in Dungeons & Dragons and other similar role-playing games. I'm your host, Cole Laster, and today's guest is Michael Oz... Oh my goodness, Ozowski? Oz... <laughs> Oznowitz. Oznowitz, oh my god, I'm sitting here thinking like... Right. from... I almost might... I think you are quite right. I get that uh, a lot. Because I'm sitting there going, I guess it. Unfortunately, now there's another tally in that mark. But uh, y'all might know him as Perry Oz on Twitter. That's at least how I started out. And Mike, Michael, do you prefer Mike or Michael? I just want to be very... Uh... Um, you know, I honestly don't have a preference. Mike, Michael, or Oz are the big three. Whichever one rolls off your tongue best, I will answer to. I might trade it up, so stay on your toes. But how about you uh, tell me about your elf? Yeah, um, he's a half-elf. We'll start there. Um, yeah, uh, Oz Alden, because... Um, I think all players can agree half the fun is screwing with the DM. Of course. Why not, right? Um, so while my real-life name is Oz O-Z, my character's name is Ozaldin, shortened to Oz O-S. And I think that's that's the most important piece of his backstory right there, just that his name is a joke to mess with my wonderful storytelling dio i think if folks have like my uh if i had to give advice for like naming things is like start with a joke um is usually where i start with at least so oh, yeah. i think we're kind of almost on that same same wavelength there perfect um so yeah ozaldin oz for short is a half elf um I'll be honest, I didn't listen to any episodes yet. I wanted to go in blind for my first, that's, my debut That's perfectly recordings. fine. Um, so we'll um, start with level, class. You already did a race, so you got me there. Um, basically just like the the basics of Oz so far. Yeah, um, so he's level three. We recently leveled up, which was awesome because um, as people may know, clerics level three, you get that second level spell slot. Yes, you do. And that opens up some fun things. Um, and he, a cleric, his divine domain is actually uh, homebrew, coming soon to a bookstore near you, of the madness domain. Oh, that's cool. So what does that entail? Yeah, so uh, our DM has been working on, for an amount of time that I should know but don't, his own um, setting for people to play in his world, as it were. And he came to us and said, hey, will you guys play test and adventure so i have way to work out material maybe have an adventure in the book etc and we're all said of course and he was like oz will you play a cleric because i have this divine domain i want to try out and i was like well my cleric was my first character back in uh, fourth edition it was my first D, &D game mm -hmm. and it was a cleric it lasted maybe two weeks <laughs> Because it was uh, freshman year of college, and there was a lot of us. I think it was like eight people in the group. Oh, my God. That so is a huge it, party. Yeah, it disintegrated very quickly, uh, mostly because we all died within those two weeks. I was going to ask, was this like a natural disintegration or a in-canon uh, disintegration? Yeah. So it sounds like both. A little bit of both. Uh, yes, our DM gave us a magic item that would kill anyone who heard it play. And, of course, one of the first things we did in the boss fight was play the magic item. Well, did it happen to be the Staff of Power? Um, I think it was a flute of some sort. I, th I think he homebrewed it. He was watching a lot of anime at the time, so he kind of homebrewed some things. It's hard not to homebrew stuff, especially when you're watching anime. Oh, yeah. No. Exactly. So um, we fought a sphinx in a desert, and the guy who had the flute's like, well, I play the flute. 
and we all rolled our fail our saves and everyone failed but me and the sphinx failed too so everyone thus, died their story ended Except me and the guy playing it and that was my first ever time playing D with a cleric so i was like i'm ready to revisit it we are 12 episodes 15 sessions in haven't died yet that seems to be um, a good start so how long um in real lifetime has the session gone like you said the old, the first one was two weeks and y'all have 15 episodes but if you're mul- uh, you had mentioned you record multiple episodes in a row yeah um we have oh how long have we been doing this i have it written down here i want to say four months we've been playing these characters uh every two weeks we play on wednesday nights for the relevancy of that date um but yeah i think so i've been playing oz here for four ish months okay so you had mentioned that your dm had brought um you know the class to you and you had had previous experience in the past do you uh is there any other class that you prefer or do you see would oz be any other class if not a cleric yeah um so since those that time you know my first initial playing i've played Mm -hmm. a handful of characters and i always want to play something new you know you don't like yeah my first character that was barbarian i loved it I moved for work, so I had to stop playing that game. And I was like, well, I'll make another Barbarian. I was like, well, no. Experience what the game has to offer. So before he brought me the Cleric, Oz was initially working towards a Warlock. Oh, okay. And I think there's kind of a hint of that carried over in his background that I kind of kept some of the Warlock angle because the Madness domain was a nice twist on it. I felt that I could still incorporate that but play the cleric. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like how nature domain clerics are druid adjacent. Exactly, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, an archery ranger, archery fighter, they're similar. You know, you can get away with blending those lines as you want. Yeah, they're pretty... It, it gets tough to tell them apart at, at some point if you look too close. <laughs> so he said, hey, will you play cleric? It's a madness domain. It's something cool I want you to try. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be a healer, though. I just need that to be known. <laughs> and the group has learned sometimes the painful way that Oz is not focused on healing which I think is a great reminder that just because you're a cleric doesn't mean you have to focus all your effort on healing you can do whatever you want as a cleric that is in you just got to make sure that is interesting because that is subversing kind of the cleric trope I when I was approaching my first character when I made I love playing healers in like RPGs in I mean even in like Battlefield as soon as like that's what drew me to Battlefield instead of like Call of Duty was like you could be a healer and uh why harm or do both rather so i wanted to be a healer but not a cleric so i went the druid route and i've pretty much been playing a druid since but i'm kind of i feel like i was almost subversing the i'm going to turn into a bear and run into a fight level of druid by just being a healer but it's it's interesting so if you're not if you're not the party healer as a cleric what kind of composition role do you play yeah, so um, our party, which is funny, when you said Druid, I was like, I have a great tangent about my Druid, I could tell you, but no, 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 we're focused on Oz. Um, our party is currently a really melee focused, I'd say. So Oz is kind of that ranged support. He'll get you a heal occasionally, but you know, you some AOE support spells, which are, it's healing through mitigating damage, right? You know, you give. Pe- Sometimes the best medicine is preventing the damage in the first place. Yeah. 
So I think we had a fight recently. I was like, yeah, I could use a spell slot to heal, or I could give three of the people Bane, great spell mm-hmm. to kind of D4 subtract from people's uh, rolls. So maybe they don't hit as often. Yeah, I feel like that would work just you don't as well get, almost. Yeah. So he's not necessarily healing the team, but he is harming the enemies from hurting them. It's kind of his goal. And that's kind of some of the madness spells that we've got worked up, like the hideous laughter, you know, the other ones you think, man, that sounds like a crazy person would use. Those are the ones that are there to also kind of support that. I'm helping you, but I'm not helping you directly. Yeah, and it's like it it is only convenient that it helps you because it hurts the other person almost. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's happy to help, but that's not his focus. He has a job to do. His job is to take out the bad guys. Yeah, like, it, it just happens that your current goals kind of play together. Now, I know y'all touched on it in the, of course, the first few episodes, but what brought Oz to to the, clo- to the cloth, to the fold? I almost want to say, like, I'm going to slip something out I might not, that might not be known in our game, in our podcast, hashtag, at Proficient with Skulls. Get that. I was told I have oh, to say it, the Twitter course, handle yeah. once, contractually obligated. Um, so, yeah, if fans of Proficient with Skulls, I think I nicknamed them Skullheads or Skullies. Um, you may find out about Oz more than his friends do, so be warned. Um, Oz grew up small town, middle of nowhere. He was an orphan. Mm-hmm. So he always had that sense of loneliness that you would expect. I'm not trying to dip, uh, diss orphans, but... A sense of loneliness of, you know, like, why don't I have what other kids have? Why don't I have a family? Why am I alone? Like the stereotypical orphan trope. Like, in D&D, we operate with tropes a lot, even if, like, even if they can be insensitive maybe to that person, so to speak. Yes. Yes. I don't want to say anything negative to orphans, but it is, as you said, a trope, which... That's what you start. That's where you start, and then you gotta untrope yourself. They exist you for a reason. Like I'm definitely like yeah. I'm with you on that. So he was an orphan in the small town, which, in fantasy worlds, you know, not every town had a dedicated orphanage. So he grew up with uh, a father figure, but you know, still, it wasn't really a father in the church. And let me get my notes out so I don't butcher names. Uh, I want to say Martin, but that could be way off. Oh, yeah, it was Got Martin. Got it in one. Look at that. I, kn- I know my own backstory. <laughs> so Father Martin was, you know, great, but was still not there. And uh, he was he was guiding Oz to the church because it is a family in both real life and fantasy yeah. settings. I think religion can be a family and uh, fill that gap. So he... All was good. Eventually, you know, another kid moved to town. He became friends with him. Kid had a, you know, kid sister. They all were having a good time. Stealing pies, dodging the cranky dad, uncle, I think father figure of the other kids. Oh, yeah. And his childhood was pretty good at that point. He was happy, wasn't lonely. You know, he didn't have parents, but he had siblings, in a mm-hmm. sense. Well, then, uh, and this is the fun part that our fans don't know yet, um, not necessarily tragedy, but real life struck when Father Martin said, hey, it's time for you to fully commit to the church. And he's like, that's fine. Like, I don't know why this is such a serious conversation. And Martin's like, so I need you to stop going playing at that abandoned house and just making stuff up and talking to your friends. Like, you need to be an adult. Oh, it hit, huh? And that's when it hit that his friends he's been growing up with for years and his stern uncle figure 
no one else knew they existed as like imaginary friends or that they just were off the map they were off the map it's, in his eyes he realized that these friends and i don't remember how many years we said and i don't think i wrote it down so i'm not gonna look but you know he would be like oh i just was hanging out with oh yeah, let me pull up my names again uh, it's not i want it the girl's name is marcy or macy see if I can I wrote it down no that's not it uh, Marcy yeah first one should have stuck with my gut so he'd be like oh I was just hanging out with Charles and Marcy and Martin was just kind of like okay like not acknowledge it and that's when he kind of replayed it and even when they came to get him from save the church Martin and them never interacted oh okay so just kind of a yeah, so just imaginary friends that Martin was letting him cope with because he didn't have anyone else. But now that it's happened, it's like, hey, time to grow up. And I found it. This was when he was seven is when he befriended the other ones. So 10 years. So from 7 to 17, he had imaginary friends that he cruelly was told are not actually... There. So he was ripped. And that can shatter a young man's he, Yeah, he was ripped from, like, it wasn't like a letdown. It was like the hardcore, you know, Santa doesn't exist. And, yeah. Yeah. Your entire life is a lie. <sighs> that's, that's. Which is a great thing to tell that a 17 year old. That is tragic. I mean, like, obviously you know that, but man, <laughs> oh, I feel really bad for us all of a sudden. So that sense of loneliness was like, well, now I'm really yeah, lonely. Yeah, compounded to the nth degree. And, and this is kind of where I think some of the warlock and the cleric part comes in is, you know, a normal person, whatever, they were coping. But now it's like, well, no, he's religious. He's been praying. Maybe he prayed for friends as a seven-year-old and he got one. So the question is, did he just make them up or did someone else make them up for him? And that's kind of what we've explored. We haven't quite hit it yet. That's what me and the DM are working on together. But essentially, that's that madness angle. Because one of the features of madness that is in the book is that you get a type of insanity. So So when I was... Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. It, so is this a... Uh, hmm, how do I phrase the question? Was the church... Was this the church's goal or, or, or obviously like if this hasn't been hashed out yet, then this can be non-canon oh, yeah. or whatever. Do you think this was the church's goal? Is, is this like when like life domain, is this something they pre preach or um, is, was this just kind of a circumstantial, like say, I guess in game terms, this was a life domain church, but because the uncle figure was, yes rough on him it kind of he was like well i guess i'm not as well off as i thought mentally yeah yeah no i see what you're saying so i think from a mechanical standpoint because you don't just tell people hi i'm an insane cleric or i worship a god of madness <laughs> you know you're not gonna have a good time i think i i don't the church and i'll i'd butcher it if i tried to go through all of the church names and stuff but it's there's a church that has a bunch of different divisions in the main city. So the small town church might just be like, we're a church of Alora. That's the main goddess. But the main church is like, we're, you're a church and you're in the knowledge tree, the celestial body church. And that's where Oz actually ends up. 
Um, so I think Martin essentially was like, here's a kid. He's got a good feeling about him. I want him to go into the church and find his calling. And that's what he's been working towards. Whereas Oz, instead of finding that calling, is walking down a different path towards this madness. So he's training to be, say, a life or a nature cleric, but it's not sticking because something else called dibs on him already. So, yeah, that does almost inherently sound pretty warlocky. I can see, like, the influence of him previously or maybe... Um, Proto Oz was a warlock. This, yeah. it, 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 you can see it in just that alone. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't really realize that until recently, actually. That I was like, man, he really did carry over a lot of that warlock that I had been building up. So what Jared and I, lovely DM, are working on now is kind of slow burning the reveal and the full knowledge because, you know, you get a lonely seven-year-old. He gets friends only to lose them after half his life he's not necessarily going to turn away from that he's going to say well i want friends again or mm-hmm. well whoever is doing this was kind so he's not necessarily afraid of it but he just doesn't know what it is yeah that he was been worshiping and there was a quote early on in our game we get assigned to you know do a our first mission and the church leader was like oz you've been recruited you're going to go do this and he's like great it gives me a task because mainly all he does is research you know he's in the library trying to read up what god fits the bill for my life story you know is it allura is it one of the other ones whose names i could never remember i can't either Um, man who is it that i think is giving me these friends and this power because you know you make a level one cleric you can't do much but you have some magic yeah you know you, you can thaumaturgy you can sacred flame and that's coming from somewhere, but he hasn't quite figured out where it's coming from, but he's at his core still that lonely orphan. So he just wants to know who it is. And depending on the realization when that happens, he's either going to embrace it or he's going to run from it or it's going to be too much. And we'll just see where the rabbit hole goes with him going even more insane. Who knows? Yeah. Like some, like, especially with the, you, so far, you're my second guest that I have not either previously... Like, I listened to the first few episodes. I, I kind of also wanted to go in blind with Oz as well. Um, but I am floored with... So far, you're my second guest that I did not previously either have a hand in the character creation or had played with or anything like that. I kind of went in um, a little blind as well. I listened to the first few episodes to at least know a little bit about Oz, but I kind of also wanted to go in blind as well, right? Yeah. Um, so I am, I have been nothing but impressed because, like, I mean, yeah, um, but I'm very impressed with. I just, I mean, obviously, this is why I do this is to listen to characters and to figure out how and why people made them, and. This is very human, I feel like. Just the want of friends, the just wanting to belong to something. And there's like two levels of belonging here with Oz. Belonging to friends, not having a father figure, getting a father figure, belonging and being ripped from him by said figure. And now he just wants to be accepted by whatever accepted him in the first place. Like Oz is a almost pseudo-tragic character that just erupted from i mean not just it sounds a little reductive but erupted from a joke name and i think that's probably one of the coolest parts about why any of us make characters absolutely 
like you said, you know, a joke character. Session zero, this character's a joke. He's just, oh, I want to be a clown that throws pie at people. I saw this comic on the internet. I wish I could give it credit. Session 40, the barbarian pie-throwing clown is holding up the ruins as everyone escapes, and he sacrifices himself. <laughs> you know, it's. I feel like it's the joke characters that end up, it's like, well, no, these are actually some of the best characters. Um, I, I had my first barbarian. It was just some coworkers were playing. I was like, hey, can I play with you? Like, sure. I was like, great. Um, I made a barbarian. His last name was Field. I'm like, why? I was like, well, he was just found in a field as a baby, and he's just wandering around looking for his parents mm-hmm. and the joke was he was raised by bears because he was a totem bear druid oh okay and so it's like yeah he just raised by bears and he was just a goofy guy and i was like yeah i was playing goofy but he was so straightforward because that was his main angle everyone's like man he has the best insights into people and that's the i think the best part of creating a character is you start off with just a simple concept or a, one idea and it just carries forward so well that you just love playing the character, even if at first you're like, oh, I'll just play him for a couple hours, and then maybe he'll die. Yeah, like, so the you mentioned that you play it for a couple hours, and then with the potential of they die. So do you, I mean, obviously you, you kind of have, like, an attachment to Oz, mainly because he's a character in y'all's show, uh, Proficient with Skulls, yeah. at, profici- uh, at Proficient with Skulls. Uh, and so... Are you playing them a little careful? Because some people like to make their character and then throw them into stuff, and if they die, they die. Um, is this a trait that you have with characters you've made in the past? Do you play them carefully, or do you have like a? I like for instance, I am very sentimental with my characters, and I'm very careful, and I just canonically like. Well, they're just a little cowardly, in the best way. They just like are very careful about their life, and because. I usually play healers. It's better if I'm alive, too, because uh, yeah. things tend to want to live. Um, does this track with previous characters, or is this, or is Oz your most permanent one, air quote permanent, when you, so far? Yeah. Um, I would say it, it's always the worst. Even with Oz, this happened in, you make a character for a campaign, you play a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have a great idea for a character. So... I'm playing Oz, I think mid end of summer, beginning of fall, and I'm like, oh, I have a great idea for a monk. And I was like, well, can I just kill Oz off or switch him to a monk? Like, I'm thinking, how do I get Jared to let me do this without ruining everything that we're working towards and making it just be stupid? But then I was like, well, no, I love Oz. So with so many possibilities in role-playing games, I think it's impossible for someone to say, like, no, they haven't thought of another character thought of a different subclass or path so I, I don't think there's any harm in thinking it but I haven't there's only one time I would say that I've actively not tried to kill the character but done something reckless partly because the character but partly because I was okay if he died with Oz it hasn't come up yet I think given his sense of loneliness he could definitely be driven to make that decision regardless of his safety to belong so he could die but i don't think i'd make that just to kill him off i would make it as oz for that sense of belonging so it would definitely be like a story driven character driven decision not a player decision absolutely to reference the other the one time i did this it was before we started this game we were playing a separate campaign and we made it through this dungeon and my character was a noble who was just in it for the adventure so he just wanted to have a good time. Like, this was all game to him. 
and I was kind of he was my relatable martial class. Yeah, right. He was my third or fourth martial character in a row. So at that time, I was like, well, maybe I should go spellcaster. So I was kind of toying with some, and I was like, he could die off in this game. Like, I want to be heartbroken. I got a caster or two idea I could play with. So we get through this dungeon. We're on the cliffside camping, and this other group of adventurers finds us and is like, hey, good job. Give us the treasure. Ooh. And we're trying to barter. We're all beat up. We just fought a crystal dragon that horse to shreds we start fighting our druid gets knocked out pretty much immediately and their druid makes the tunnel kind of cave in on us Mm -hmm. and we all did saving throws i rolled a really well good saving throw so our dm starts monologuing he's like you're starting to wake up monologuing and i was like you said oz is awake right i'm like he goes great i tackle them off the cliff (laughs) and and he's like what i was like oz is pissed off he just went through this dungeon for hours he almost died multiple times in this fight against the dragon he went down three or four times in a row but our bard kept him alive it was fan it was hilarious but you know he wasn't in a happy mood and this guy's trying to steal his adventure and i was like i tackle him off the edge he goes okay roll for it i tackle the guy off it goes great i have a ring that lets me get to him with enough movement i beat him on the roll we're falling to our deaths and he teleports away i lost you on that um, but he, like, you had the ring, you tackled him off the cliff, and then... Yeah, so I get to him, everything's going great, I'm like, this is a perfect character moment, because his name's Levi, I was like, Levi would have done this, I was like, yes, I want him to die, but, leave not want him to die, but I'm okay if he dies, but Levi, as the haughty noble, would fully embrace that he's pissed at this guy and just take him down, and then my DM screwed me over... And the bad guy could teleport, so he teleported to safety. Oh man! And and the greatest and the di- I always I think most people joke that the dice gods decide at the end of the day. Uh, would you agree or disagree? With yeah, that the statement? dice can definitely make or break an interaction. Yeah, so he rolls damage. Levi gets knocked out, and based on the party being knocked out, Levi knocked out at the bottom of this cliff. It's just all up to the life and death saving throws. Oh, and. We start rolling. He lives. So I lay there unconscious through the night. But in the morning, they come down, and I'm mangled, battered, bruised, bleeding, but alive. No wild creatures came. And now Levi has a new thirst for life as he sets out to kill his arch rival who stole his treasure. <laughs> so he did wind up living. And now he's like almost um, Joshua Graham, the burned man from Fallout, uh, Fallout New Vegas, just the whole like. I lived, and here I am, like, and now I have revenge on the mind. Yeah, like, and now I was like, you know what? I have an in-character motivator that I love. Simplest one in the game, revenge. But it wasn't like, oh, I made up a backstory. It was from playing a natural revenge story unleashed. And that's what I'm looking forward to Oz is, I think as we're playing through him, something's going to come up. Jared's going to do a great job of setting up his god or deity whatever it is that oz is gonna go down a path and i'm don't know where i will be in my life where oz will be in his life when that path has to be decided but i'm sure it'll be entertaining and i'm sure it'll make for a good story just based off of the other character story alone i'm looking forward to it man because you had me like he's on the cliff oh my god like (laughs) what's gonna like so like you have a sense of longing your entire life. 
you're working towards it because he's been on one mission with his three party members so he's not too attached to them yet but he's he's like you know what they've had my back i've had theirs you mission for, you work for them for say four months in game i don't since that's all i'm yeah. playing in real life and then finally this god that you've been chasing your whole life says hey i want you to be a member of my family forever i'll bring back i'll make your friends reality can you just kill one of your party for me what's i was gonna do i don't I know. mean just, i just met the guy but i have a feeling i kind of have an idea <laughs> like you trade the surrogate family you created in your quest for the family you thought you always wanted and it's just it'll be an interest i don't know if jared's going to take it that way but hopefully he listens to this and says that's a great idea i'm going to make oz kill the party. that's half the fun of dming is just like you know sometimes behind the screen or the metaphorical screen if people are playing online it, it sometimes it sounds like the dm has all the ideas but really it's just getting them from the party half the time oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. one of my probably most fun and most memorable mini adventures was a complete the dm he didn't tell us this like we kind of got a sense he was panicking but he didn't fully tell us until later it was we accidentally ripped a bag of holding and went to the astral oh my plane god and this was in the first two minutes of the night and I don't care how prepared you are to DM. I've DM'd, you've DM'd, everyone's, a lot of people have tried it. There's no way you're ready for your party to ignore a warning sign that says, don't do this. They immediately do it, and it rips open a portal of the astral plane, and they all get sucked Honestly, in. like, I'm getting, like, palpitations, like, because of the idea of that. Like, just, just all the work. Like you have four hours to fill of <sighs> nothing that you prepared without making it seem, like, inconsequential to what they just did. You can't use any of the prepared there's material. There's no flubbing that. You have four hours they're expecting to yeah, play. Yeah, there's no like, oh, well, it happened, but it's not that bad. Like, roll eyes, flub a roll type thing. No, that happens. And he did a good, he stalled for maybe 30 minutes of us just drifting as spirits before we ended up making a decision. We ended up in hell. <laughs> and I don't know how he did it, but he had a pretty detailed journey through hell for us where each layer of hell we had to invoke one of the sins to get to the next layer kind of a dante's inferno type yeah and he had puzzles ready for each one he, he like quickly knew for uh, gluttony that i had good berry so i could feed us a bunch of good berries to get yep. there he had devil he he just googled devil names and we started meeting devils a couple hours later we had made a deal with the literal devils uh three of us made a deal with one another separated me to deal with another and three hours later we're back on track for the main story and now we have a bunch of devil cursed items <laughs> and some new patrons to help us and it's like none of that would have happened if he's like oh i stick to this or no it's all from the collaborative nature of the characters do what they want and the world reacts and that's what's i think fun about this is you're seeing all these characters and just hearing about all the ways they've changed the game and how they could change other games. Like, you could imagine if you played a cleric, oh, I wonder how Oz could have been here, not to be like, everyone should compare themselves to my cleric. That'd be ridiculous. But I think a lot of credit is given to DMs to creating the world, but it is the players just as much, just through their in-character decisions and out-of-character decisions who help make the game memorable for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Um... It's it's something like 
I would uh, like some. I have a question here that I've haven't used yet, but it's just kind of I like to think about it. Ooh. But it's like, where would they be? Where would your character be um, if they didn't decide to adventure? Like, I guess in Oz's case, probably studying. In my character's case, I don't know, man. Because like part of like half the reason of choosing to adventure is like you are choosing to leave home for a reason, whether it is yours or not. And yeah, yeah, like it's not just like the the That's noble, like your noble who just wanted for the fun of the game, the fun of the adventure. It's like if yeah. this didn't happen, like I, I I think about it usually while I am either making a character or thinking of a character, or I think about it when I'm done interviewing. It's like okay, what would that character's life be if they just didn't get that job? Yeah, um, and it's funny because we both have the opportunity backstory, which was his father, Martin, was riding the church in the main city. Like, hey, this guy is, I can't help him anymore. Like, I got a good feeling about him, his spirit, his magic, his energy, but clearly I'm out of my depth. He's seeing people. Like, what do I do? And they said, send him to the academy. We'll try and fix him. And that's just, like, that's an adventure in its own. Like, as boring as it would be for people to listen to and some people to play, there's no reason you have to have combat. Like, you could role-play a, a church member researching, rolling history checks, religion, talking to people, and all that. Like, yeah. I know most people like the nitty-gritty combat, but social, the political, um, I know people do, like, they play actual nobles who are in and they don't actually fight, but they send armies. That'd be fun, too. So he, that adventure is there would be what he would be in, I would say, if we didn't have the spark of adventure of, hey, Oz, you've been recruited to work for the Special Assignments Bureau. So now he's in the field growing. If he wasn't sent there to grow and see where this adventure takes him, who knows how long he has to be in the library before he finds the answers mm -hmm. or loses himself trying to find the answers. And keeping in mind, like, here, hold that thought. I'll edit out the belch on my end. Um, now, keeping in mind, like he, if he's from a small town and he, he, like he goes to the big city, that is an adventure in itself from our perspective. Like, or like you know, just a small kid. But like, because it's D and D, and because dragons exist and magic exists, it's like, oh, well, that's boring. Like, it, it, it's just like context is funny in that sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, the church he's now a member of is probably bigger than his entire town. Exactly, and, like, the amount of resources available to him are probably, like, I mean, nothing. I mean, like, the the library in the old church was probably just a drop in the bucket, you know, like. Oh, yeah, he, he probably memorized that thing backward and forwards trying to figure out what's going on. Even before he was figuring out the mystery of his power, just researching the power in general, like, oh, I want to be a cleric. There's probably three books in that church. He's memorized them, and he's bored to his mind trying to talk about them with his father because, like, I already know all this. Why are you telling me more? Like, what well, else can you teach well me? well-leafed and dog-eared books. Exactly. But now he's in the city. He doesn't need to go fight gnomes or whatever monsters are out there to find the answer. He could just keep reading, and eventually he'll find it. So the question is that I am now deciding I need to explore as Oz is 
does he find this mandatory adventure worth it or would he rather be in the books because this recent adventure i won't say too much about it just for in case we have obviously who are still <laughs> yeah through it obviously they're they're obviously digging this cross promotional chance but it except for you know getting new spells maybe this didn't give him any hints to what's going on with his life exactly and like that i think is hmm like i think that is like the best sign of a great really player and role player in that and that's not i'm not trying to like blow smoke or anything like that it's quite literally like i think because what keeps people going in a game or like a video game is usually not having the option to not it like it doesn't make sense for my character to just stay here because there's nothing available to me here because that's not how games progress but in D and with characters and the fact that we could just almost like pilot a completely different character that we made up two seconds ago uh be it a joke or anything like that or a completely real character that we have the option to is the, is this character's adventure done would they continue to go risk their life it doesn't make sense for them to go to the ninth dimension of hell or whatever because the dm said so or something like that like i'm i'm having to do yeah. that or i'm not having to but it just kind of makes sense with a character i'm currently playing in that it was uh it's kind of a campaign i'm moonlighting in so i'm reusing an old character and it's my first one near and dear to my heart and all stuff like that and I've canonically said that, like, he has family in Neverwinter that even though he has run away from them, he still cares about them and kind of, like, does this, like, gets money and then drops it off at their doorstep at night type situation. And he has a wife, like, not in Neverwinter or anything like that, but he's a family man. So when the DM was like, okay, well, I've got a home, some homebrew stuff, we're going to go on a trip... I was like, I even though my character is great, like loves to just get away from his responsibilities and like, <laughs> like leave for multiple d- days and weeks at a time, he's not that kind of adventurer. So I shelved him for a little while. I was like, I feel like he would stick around in town, even though I want to continue playing him because I've got him where I want. Like, because like, he's I'm a multi-classing him right now, so like I'm not I don't have nice. all of the spell slots I need, and like I he's a tinkerer, so it's like I I like having a bunch of stuff. I have a bag of holding, and it's just filled with just garbage. I'm playing Fallout essentially with him, and Why if not? it ain't bolted down, it's his. And um, so I've now got him where I want him as far as like Home Alone style hijinks. And now I'm like, but it doesn't make sense in the story why he would continue going. So I have a completely new druid that I'm playing. And because it's the case of, uh, it's it's when you're noble that you, it made sense in the story for him to, you know, uh, well, to make this risky decision to die, uh, even though it didn't work out that way. It, it made sense for me to shelve one, and I now had to make the other character so different and try to, like, hardcore make him different than my original druid because, like, I was <laughs> afraid of being accused and was by uh, one of my guests. that like, he sounds a lot like your other character, dude. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. And I definitely agree. I think that's something that makes tabletop gaming so great compared to video games, books, and movies is you can take it any direction. So I had a rogue who one, I had one health left after a fight. So I am in no position to do anything, but they didn't like this guy. 
and he was like, "Great, we won the fight." And he was he was useless, but it was an NPC, so not like a player was yeah. useless. To want to make sure I defend people's honor, and he's like, "I'm glad we won. Let's loot the bad guy." And he like walked up to get the loot, and I said, "No, you did nothing. You get nothing." Oh. And and I was like, and I was like, if he keeps coming, I'm gonna stab him, everyone. I need that to be known. And the DM was like, this guy wants the loot. Like that's his shtick. Is he doesn't help, but he takes the reward. So he goes, I, he keeps coming. I was like, great, I stab at him. And that's where we ended the night. And everyone's like, what? Like, no one had any resources. We're just going. It wasn't a good idea, but the character, that was the path they had to go down. I could not justify not attacking that guy in yeah, character. Yeah, exactly. So next week, I hit him. Great. He hits me a lot harder. The team's busy fighting him. The character dies. And I was super bummed because, like, you know, it wasn't my favorite character. We were early on in the game, so I hadn't fully fleshed him out. But I can hold my head up and say that character did, that was, that they were unique and that it wasn't like, oh, I want my rogue to live, so he's not going to attack. He'll rob him later. Like, no, they stuck to their principle of this guy was useless. He gets nothing. And that's just so great about tabletops is you can make those decisions. I was playing the uh, new Spider-Man mm-hmm. game, PlayStation 4. Great game. But I actually quit at one point because you're texting uh, MJ in it, and it's like an awkward relationship thing. And I was just like, nope, I can't do it. I can't not be in control of how awkward this is. Oh. I need to, if it's going to be awkward, I need to be the one making it awkward. So I put the game down for the day, came back to it like two days later, got through that part, finished it, great game. But that lack of me controlling the character temporarily took me out of the media, and that's never happened with the six seven D characters i've played because you always get to control what would your character do i'm gonna do it those are the best and stories i think the ones where you're like i stick with my character it's so things. addicting uh i mean it's it's i mean staying in the media like staying in the character so i feel like this i i am loving the direction that we took i mean i say we took in past tense but we're we can obviously continue but um because this is almost, um, almost like the concept of characters as a, like it started out as an interview, but now it's yeah. like an analyzation. We started talking about now we're just talking about characters. Yeah, exactly. In and like, no, I'm loving it. Um, and so it's like, hmm, I'm trying to like find a way to natural because like I can obviously just keep going down, just like yeah, this is great. Oh yeah, yeah I and, was. I was listening to, um, which obviously, since we're just randomly talking now, if you want to edit this, great. I was watching a Critical Role mm-hmm. interview with Travis, and he talked about he almost went against Grog's character in Campaign 1. And then he said, no, that's not what Grog would do. Whispered to someone at the table, like, hey, do this. Like, don't do what you were thinking. Like, this is what the characters would do. And they did it. And I'm not going to spoil it for any critters out there, but it's one of the best moments of the campaign for Grog and just in general, all because he told himself, no, I need to stick to what the character would do in this situation. Exactly. Like, so, hmm. Would you... It's a natural segue back to Yeah, like, how similar, (laughs) like, are there moments that... I feel like I shouldn't really because you, you you play them pretty often and we've already everything that we've really discussed how or discussed discussed not disgusted that's not the word <laughs> but um, how similar is Oz to yourself in a sense did you bring a lot from yourself or this is like 
I mean, I don't expect you to have like hyper. Uh, yeah, I had imaginary friends, and it turns out they were imaginary. Weird, like you know what I mean? Like it, like that's. Yeah, no, I'm definitely. I don't think I'm insane. <laughs> At least I know my imaginary friends are imaginary. I do think, and I'm gonna probably sound incredibly sad as a person. I think that core loneliness mechanic is something that I felt. I don't think it's. I mean. Maybe it's a universal feeling, but I think everyone kind of has a moment where it doesn't matter how crowded of a room you're in, you still feel Yeah, the quintessential, the almost, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, like, I was at a wedding this weekend, and I was flying solo at this wedding, which was really awkward because the invite came to me and my girlfriend at the time, but she dumped me before the wedding. Oh, no. So it's like, oh, so it's like, just I, when I was getting ready to leave, I was like, oh, just a reminder, I almost had a date to this wedding. But it's okay, I'll see my friends. But even still, at one point in the night, I was like, I'm surrounded by my friends, but I just need to step out. And I went and just sat in like a hallway outside the ballroom for five minutes. I was just like, I just need that minute to myself. I shouldn't be feeling lonely, but I am, so I'm just going to pity party real quick. Go back in. And even after that, there's a couple times through the night when you just feel your energy, you know, it goes up and down. And those down moments... Where it's like, I'm sitting next to friends I haven't talked to in person in years. Like, we catch up on text, phone calls, occasionally in letters. But, you know, I should be ecstatic to be here. And yet, I still feel lonely. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting next to people who who are sitting with their arm around their wife, arm around their girlfriend. Or just looking happy single. I had one, my one guy, we were bachelor bros, I called us, took a photo. But it's still like, no matter how happy you are, that loneliness can still creep in in the back of your mind. At least for me, it has. So I think that's the aspect that Oz emboldens for me. I think every character we make, no matter how much you play as a character, it's still going to have part of you, the player. Absolutely. And that's the aspect I think Oz is most intuiting, as sad as it sounds, is just that sense of loneliness and desire to belong because... At the end of the day, I don't have that necessarily. I have it at times, but there's always those quiet moments. You know, you're home, you're getting ready for bed, you have no one to talk about your day to, or you're really frustrated with work, and you're like, I don't have anyone to turn to to complain about, because you know if you complain to your coworkers, they'll just try and fix it. If you complain to, you know, your parents or your siblings, they'll be like, well, you're awesome, you're going to be fine. And yeah. I don't think telling anyone who's been nervous about something is, you'll be fine. I do it myself. Someone says, I'm nervous. Oh, you'll be fine. I believe in you. Like, that never actually And it's like, sometimes, it's like, I know it's going to be fine, but you have to say about how much it sucks in the meantime sometimes. Yeah. I don't need someone to fix it. They just need to be there for me, tell me it does suck, maybe tell me it'll get better, maybe just agree it sucks and help me, let me complain, let me cry, whatever. And I think that... Because I have another character I just started who is the warlock. I finally got to make him. Yeah. And he's kind of the opposite of Oz, as odd as that is, in that he is the high moment. You know, he's not the low peak. He's the high mountain of he just started out, so he hasn't. he's getting there, but he believes in himself. He, this adventuring party he immediately made friends with, and he's like, okay, these guys are there for me. I'm going to be there for them. So he wants to get stronger to be there for them. Oz wants to get stronger just for himself to figure it out and to make sure he's okay. You know, I 
heal I did a healing word the other night that was super needed and I did it begrudgingly like I didn't want to do it because Oz was making sure if he got hurt he could heal himself whereas this other character he would have leapt in the line of fire immediately and I just realized this as we're talking which I think is why I was so excited to talk to you because you learn so much just talking about the characters that you don't learn thinking it through yourself or exactly. even talking with the DM and it helps you play those characters yeah and I'm and that's a part I would love to claim that that's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Like I'd love to just claim that and be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's totally on purpose. But no, I am so glad to provide this service because like it's one thing that I've noticed as far as like D and D goes is like sometimes it's it's kind of the wanting to share something with somebody that I do not know anybody who doesn't love the character they're playing as far as like if you put a little work into it, even if it's a character that you're like, well, I don't really know how it's going to work out, but I really like the way he's playing or something like that. Like people who are playing it for the role playing aspect or something, as opposed to maybe just the numbers game or min maxers or something like that. It's, it's a way it's, I mean, it's almost, it's not the purest form of self-expression because it's a collaborative game, but it is up there, I would argue. And, it's, it's a way to process yeah. feelings that you have yourself. It is a way to process things that you may not be satisfied with yourself or in your life. And it's a, I mean, in its purest form, we, uh, we say it a lot, but it's wish fulfillment. And it's, it's a therapy. Yeah. And like, that is something that I feel is either underrated or underrepresented in tabletop gaming as far as like a culture. It's part of what, like it's part of um kind of it's 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 the trope thing in that like D on television and stuff like that growing up what kept me away from it for so long was just how rigid it felt in its representation and like and it's like oh well obviously the small nerd guy is going to play the big strong guy that doesn't need glasses and has lots of ladies on him just stuff like that just really cheesy representation and like oh i got numbers and stuff and you know just all this garbage and it turns out that like it's not it's sometimes people are playing like i like to i like the idea of making potions so i'm gonna play an alchemist because it turns out that when you dump stuff in water you just make juice and that's boring like and and my person like likes to build things i'm not as good as building things in real life so that's just like a cool thing to do and then like you said it could be as simple as like i want to do be the best at the fantasy version of my job or i can process these lonely feelings i can process my desire to maybe get away from the current living environment that i have or maybe pretend that my my girlfriend and I are already married you know like it's just literally like a it could be any or like like I joke that I wanted to be a warlock or like I wanted to make a warlock so that my pact of the familiar can be my cat and because I love him and I would love to be like yes my familiar because I call him that in real life you know like it's it's just or <laughs> maybe some people just want to get in tavern fights all the time and then there's some people who like you said min max they just want to beat up a dragon but i think you're onto something there with again i love that we're talking about just the game and everything as whole but thinly veiled talking about osledon 
Uh, I think it is something that a lot of people don't understand is it's not just a nerdy game where you're crunching numbers or you're just making stuff up. Because I've tried to get my coworkers, I've gotten some of them, but some of them just refuse to even try because it just seems weird or nerdy or they just don't get it. And I'm like, well, I can explain it to you until I run out of breath. But you're not going to get it until you actually play. Exactly. Like, just give me an hour minimum. I can get something set up for an hour of play. We'll have to do some setup ahead of time, but give me an hour of your time actually attempting the game before you judge it. And it's a shame, like you said, people have the wrong conceptions that they don't want to do that. Because, honestly, I don't have a lot of regrets in life. I'm pretty happy about that. One of them is I meant to go on a bachelor party with some random dudes at a hostel in uh, Scotland. And we, me and my buddy both said no because we thought the other one wanted to, but we didn't ask each other. And it's like, how great of a story would that have been? That would have been worth its weight in the time spent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and in this case, I could honestly say I regret that I didn't fully invest in D&D sooner. I didn't have someone to give it to me or I didn't. You know, it's hard to, when you're... Can't, when you can't drive, it's hard to be like, I'm going to play D&D when you have no one to play with. You can't just go to the game shop without a car when you live in the country. Exactly. But as soon as I could drive, I could be like, yeah, I'll go to the game shop. Or as soon as the guy in college said, yeah, let's do it. Let's keep playing. Because honestly, that's years of entertainment that I've missed out on. I've only been playing for two or three years, I think, at this point. Three. But I could have been playing for seven years. And who knows all the adventure, the characters in-game that I could have met and just the people you meet because I've played with people in multiple states over the internet in person I've gone to conventions due to D&D and I've talked to people about my characters I've just made friends at conventions just because we both happened to sit down at a table and talk Dungeons and Dragons exactly like it's it's its own it's and I'm again I'm speechless because and that's again not very good for an interview format but it's <laughs> like it's my best guess, I mean, I I am standing wholeheartedly in the trope that sometimes, you know, like, the nerd begrudgingly accepts football season coming. I guess, like, maybe this convention aspect of just making friends that you just talk about the stuff with is, like, you see a guy with a druid shirt, and you're like, hey, same team. Like, hey, all right, tell me about your druid. How, how, them dogs as hell, aren't they? Like, you know, just... I was going to say, I went to buy some new dress shirts because I've been doing this thing over the past summer winter cleaning season of if i don't like how it fits or if it doesn't fit right like not if it fits okay if it doesn't fit right i'm getting rid of my clothes and donating them or giving them to coworkers. Mm -hmm. like you don't you don't need bad clothes in your life no but unfortunately i had to buy more so i went to buy three new dress shirts the other day and i was wearing an archon the cruel shirt mm -hmm. with tiamat on it and i'm checking out and i was with my mom that's right. I'm an adult. My mom was buying dress clothes with me. So she was checking out and I'm standing there just waiting. And the, one of the sales associates just goes, Oh, do you play? And we spent the next 15, 20 minutes as my mom checked out and talked, talking about our Dungeons and Dragons characters. And I never would have talked to this guy ever if I wasn't wearing that shirt. I would have just walked past him and said, thanks for your help buying some shirts. But now I know he has a eight-year-old who he's teaching to play. They're starting off. Um, I can't remember the book series. They basically made a character from a book series the kid likes as a D&D character. So now the kid is playing his own version of one of his favorite fantasy characters. And that, that to me, is just amazing. Like, how cool is that? Like, oh, you really like reading Lord of the Rings? Why don't you play as Frodo and see how it goes? 
something like that. So not only does the kid get to do that, but I get to hear about that and just it brightens your day to hear how much fun other people are having oh, in a hobby that you share. That's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's... Are you playing through all the fantasy characters like, I should play that in my in a game? I, I mean, I take a lot of... I mean, I don't know any DM who doesn't, but like, I love to take inspiration from like games that I play and stuff like that because I like to import games into 5e just to see how viable it is. Like, for instance, like... If I wanted to try to catch an animal in 5e, would I, like, try to weaken it first so that the AC is lower? I don't know. Maybe try to, like, Pokemon this real quick or something like that. And oh, yeah. it's, like, it's because I've always, like, man, I think it'd be cool to have, like, a survival era, like, play this, this. And then I really, like, it was, it, it's a shame that it took me so long to get into, like, like you said, like, missed out on so many years of playing. And, like, having these characters, like, and it's not any different. Like, part of how I got my brother into it was just, like, we used to run around in the woods and pretend to be superheroes that we made up ourselves. All those arguments that we had between if you deflected my laser beam could have been decided with the dice. And it, that's what we're doing here. That's Let's just rip this away. Let's rip away the veil. That's what we're doing here, okay? I did the same thing for my sister. I was like, you like Harry yeah. Potter? And you're like, man... I'm just really tired of reading the book over and over again. Nobody who likes, who's that big a fan of Harry Potter is going to ever admit that. But oh, no. I was like, you can be a magic user. Do you want to like, and her character is very reminiscent of the serious, like serious black and his family. And because like, she isn't subtle and <laughs> which none of us are. I think, <laughs> I think the, the, we all think we are. but none of us. Are. Oh, exactly. Like my original druid, like he very clearly was, um, Seymour from, um, uh, little shop of horrors it wasn't subtle in the least bit and and like that's just part of like like you said it's just like this subculture that all of us just have so much to say about it and that's another reason like that that is why i do this um is because like people love to talk about their characters and because we all tend to work in offices or environments where we can't talk about them it's just bursting at the seams and I don't know about you, but ADHD makes it very hard to not talk about the things you like a lot. So it's 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 um, so I I figured that I would make this platform for people to tell me about their elves, and uh, uh, you know that's. <laughs> I agree. I sorry to cut you off, but I mean even just now in that speech, I thought of probably an hour worth of things I could talk about related to everything you just said. And that's fine because, like, I don't get to talk about it. And I, with this platform, especially, it just the concept and discussing it helps because, like, we're working on our platform of us just playing. And that might get a couple of people interested. You know, I think everyone who is contributing, whether it's us little guys who just started with Proficient with Skulls on Twitter, at Proficient with Skulls, every episode lo- uploads Sundays, 8 a.m. 8 a.m.? <laughs> you. Oof. Or, or uh, we want you, you know, you got the whole day to listen as you're lazy. Or um, tell me about your elf uploading on, I'm sure he'll announce it later at this time. Sundays or, or the... eventually, because so far this week is hella late. <laughs> as soon as possible, you know, from the Acquisitions Inc., Critical Role, the Adventure Zone, everyone who is contributing to the shared experience of tabletop games, that's what I, I will stick with that name. I think they're helping big and small get more people in to help more people realize that it's not something nerds are doing in their basement like Stranger Things 
may have started out like those nerds they started out playing D in the basement now look at them they're saving the world from an upside down demogorgon monster yeah exactly <laughs> and they're better for it you know they're finding love they're building friendships taking it to the extreme there but i think even just talking about it is making the world a better place because it's a great way to reflect on yourself and reflect on just how you view things you know do you meet the person in need and immediately think ah oh, they're just trying to you know scam us or do you see someone in need in the game and say oh i should help them and then do you filter that through your character that helps you realize how other people are going to filter things in your actual life because we all have different perceptions mine personally is a plus five <laughs> and that's a good way <laughs> to had, put it <laughs> had to sneak it in there but i mean you and i as people are going to see an event either in game or in real life and view it completely differently most likely we have completely different mm -hmm. backgrounds you and i our characters that we're currently playing will see an in-game moment and view it completely differently as characters then you couple in the fact that my character is viewing it with my point of view and yours with yours versus you playing oz as you and me playing your druid as me there's so many different ways that we learn that you can't just look at something and say black and white you got to really appreciate what got either people, persons, places, things, what created this thing that you're looking at and how should you deal with it? Do you withdraw and get lonely? Do you embrace it and get excited? Do you attack it with your greatsword? It all is just something that you won't know until it happens, but I think the collective role play tabletop experience is not only helping in the game, I think it's helping people in real life realize that it's not really my way or the highway, it's let's figure this out together. Not being facetious, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, it reminded me at the end there, the original title me and my buddy liked for the podcast was We'll Figure It Out. And I'm going to plug that. That should have been our title because I think it ties into all that. Like, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, we're all going to figure it out. And we're all going to figure it out either alone or together. I think it's better if we figure it out together because, you know, it takes a village. Now I'm rambling. We can cut all this out or, you know, just leave it as the ramble track. Dude, a lot of this is staying in. I got to be real with you because, like, <laughs> this may be a lot, uh, the one of the more insightful episodes, I feel like, because even though we may have went a little off track, I don't care because I helped that out. Like, <laughs> like because... <laughs> I say, it wasn't on me. You, you had plenty of Oh, no, no. I, I, my new character, it play, it, I just put it wrote down, gets long-winded. <laughs> on purpose like not just on purpose but yeah. my other one was like he shuts up a lot this in kind of how like oz solo stuff like that and then your new character like he's the high point i went with like yeah. overthinks things uh takes actions by himself and usually like thinks about a plan and takes a lot of notes and then acts and then my new one uh he is very much like i'm going to say a lot of my thoughts out loud and whether or not they're good or bad, and he's also got a very strong southern accent, but he is wise beyond his years and acts first oh, yeah. almost. So it's just a he's the impulsive side of me, I guess, and it's just a self uh, self reflection. And honestly, the more I vamp in this moment, just detracts of everything that you just said. <laughs> and I think what's great. To, we're gonna, I'm going to actually reference the character sheet now. Uh, I know, we're back on track, baby. Okay, good, we're I back. I think what's great about having these set rules, 
because people complain about the rules and people say it's guidelines. But I do want to say, I think in character creation, and this is probably why I prefer rolling, I think the stats do help you tweak how you're going to play that. So to your point, the make the right decision, make the wise decision. Um, Oz, is, he's pretty flat on all of his stats, but so I'm going to actually teeter away from him. I have my warlock. He's not intelligent. And so he's not going to make the smart decision, but he does actually have a decent amount of wisdom. So in my mind, he's going to make the right decision based on that wisdom. And I think that's what's great about the Dungeon Dragon system. I haven't used many others, is that at the end of the day, if you're panicking because, you know, uh, paralysis of options, it's, it's hard to pick a character name. That's why I went with Oz because that's my real name. I didn't have to worry about it and think, oh, I'm embarrassed my name's Oz on the podcast. No, that's my real name. You have to have something that helps you make that decision. And I love that the stats are there because, you know, your character might not be charismatic. So what's that mean to you? Does that mean he's good looking, but he just is blunt and doesn't know what to say? Or does that mean he's a smooth talker who's kind of ugly? Yeah, you can still be a smooth talker. It's just going to be harder if you have a low charisma score. But you can use the scores to influence how you want to play them. Yeah, and I feel like uh, charisma especially is one of these misunderstood stats, or a potentially misunderstood stat, being in that, like, oh, I have a high charisma, which means, like, uh, like you said, handsome or whatever. But it's like, just because you have a low charisma doesn't mean, like, you're ugly or, like, you're rude. It's like, like, my, I tend to, like, my new druid, uh, he has a, he's a pretty flat charisma, and he has a pretty flat intelligence, too. But I just feel like it's, I read it as people don't take him seriously because he's just like, I don't know about that, man. I don't think that's a very good idea. And like, I just feel like unless you are a person who has a similar upbringing or something like that, you might not think, and he's also just a really dirty, like think pig pen from the peanut series, just like real, just crunchy dude. So like you may underestimate him. Therefore that's why his charisma is low. It's not that he isn't friendly, it's just people just like look, kind of just don't expect that of them, you know. Oh yeah, I uh, my first in-person character with strangers was a couple years ago. I just moved to Indiana recently, and guys figured out that I was a nerd. I never, I'm gonna brag about my. It's so looks. hard to hide sometimes. I was a high school athlete, so first glance, people are like, "That guy's not a nerd." I lived in the honors dorm in college. Everyone's like, "What?" I people didn't even think I lived in the building just by looking at me. I had short hair, I was athletic, you know, I didn't dress, I don't know what dressing like a nerd means, but I didn't, and I was always with a girl from one of the, the sixth floor, so they all thought I was just her friend visiting. It took them, I think, two months to realize I lived on the floor with them. So people don't think I'm a nerd, and then I talk. And as you can see, I am fully able to talk. I once put two different people to sleep talking about Marvel comic history 2008 to present a couple years ago because one of them made the mistake of asking you know the Marvel movies were getting big they're like so what's the comparison between the comics I was like great I'm glad you asked let me get my whiteboard <laughs> you messed up I'm and, sorry yeah and two of them fell asleep and the third guy he was sleepy just because I was talking so much it was late but he was sleepy but he stayed awake just because he felt bad but my first character Bless with this him. group I was like well I rolled a low stat I was like I don't really know what to put it in. Like, what's low? I was like, well, I'm shy, as bad as it sounds. Like, I don't like being up front. And this character is going to be new to this adventuring group who's been together for a while. So let me put it in charisma. So he was very nice, 
wasn't ugly. He's a dragonborn, so it depends on your definition of ugly. He just, I interpreted charisma as he's not good at voicing what he's thinking. Yeah, or, like, it, he may want stuff, but he can't, like, yeah. speak. He's, he wants uh, to he, he wants to tell the waiter his food is bad, but uh, I can't. But he's please. never going to. You know, he ordered a $50 steak that was undercooked. He's not going to say anything. He's going to die knowing it. it. Like, Yeah, so he, and he was raised by bears, so he doesn't know, like, polite speak. So I would have ideas in my mind, like, we were stuck in a prison cell. I was like, I know how we can escape. Now, how do I... My character's not dumb, so I know he could think of this, but how do I express it in character? <laughs> so basically, it was a bunch of pantomiming because he tried to use the words, and he's like, um, that... Uh, and then he'd, like, point a bunch, and they event we eventually figured it out, and it actually worked for us to escape. It took so long, though, that the other guy was able to get a lockpick, sneak in, and lock unlock the door anyway. <laughs> But it would have been so boring for me, like, okay, guys, let's just do this to open the gate. And then be like, yeah, that makes sense. And instead, we spent 30 real minutes doing it and gave the other guy time to say, I want to do this in game. And the guy said, yeah, enough time passed. And it was such a great character moment because half the party didn't even notice the door was unlocked. So they stuck with my plan to break down part of the wall. And finally, we're like, guys, the door's open. Let's just walk out. I appreciate all doing that, but... Uh... <laughs> It's already open. I love that we stuck with my plan, but that door's open. And that and I actually had to break character because I, as the player, knew like I could hear the DM and the other guy talking as our party was doing what we set out to do. Mm -hmm. But Stein, the character, was too enraptured that everyone thought he had a good idea. So it was just like, there was like five minutes of like, I knew we could walk out the door anytime we wanted. I just had to point it out in character, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because my character, one, may not have known, and two, based on his stats, was like, well, no, they're listening to me. I want to cherish this moment. Exactly. And like, yeah, if that was the one time, the first time he's been listened to, hold on to it with both hands. Like, and I, like my original, the one that stayed home, uh, he he is very intelligent and he's very wise. I mean, because he's a druid and also an artificer, so like both, right? And like, gotta max out both. But he's like dog shit everywhere else. But um, <laughs> but like, and I'll sit there and suggest ideas. Like, I'll just say things out loud, uh, mainly because like, out of this party, this would be, or out of this, this is one I'm moonlighting for. I would be the experienced player, I guess. Or one of the experienced players, yeah. which isn't saying much, like literally a year and a half. But um, I would sit there and like, well, I want to keep moving. So I'm kind of playing out of his character where he wants to keep moving. But I'm doing things that aren't a great idea when you're walking through, I don't know, the tomb that is filled with undead creatures. Like I'm knocking on every door. And I'm like, well, I was raised in a, I was raised in a society. It's polite to knock. And it's like, okay, but there goes our stealth and everything. Are you an idiot? Like, what's your intelligence stat? And I'm like, it's like 18. And they're like, what's he doing? And I'm like, I'm playing like a savant. Like the, the thing is yeah. like, he's maybe not that social. And when you hear him talk, he's not, he doesn't come off very smart. But, like, if you look at his notebooks, he's carrying around, like, 13 just in his bag of holding. Like, he's clearly filled with ideas. Mm -hmm. He's just having a hard time. Like, the charisma stat just says it's, it's hard for him to convey them. But he'll still pick the right decision because of, like, wise and stuff like that. And mainly because I really need Thorn with the hip to hit. But, um, like, 
it's yeah you don't want to be a druid that can't land a spell lord yeah I've, I, his original form was that and I, that was the thing i just made his he, he wears glasses they were broken but he was still wearing them and i didn't have mending so it, 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 <laughs> like that was the reason why he couldn't hit anything yes it was a character decision that meant that i rolled most of my attacks with disadvantage but that was a character decision that oh well you know it was a character moment that may have not been that great uh, gameplay-wise because I had to make most of my attacks with disadvantage because of the broken glasses, but it made it more enjoyable oh, yeah. an experience because it's just funny to imagine I'm trying to loot a guy's pockets and then I accidentally loot my own pockets. Yeah, and I think that is not the highest level of roleplay, but I think it's something a lot of people... I'm going to insult someone, so either like advanced or casual, hardcore, however you want to think of the differentiation, but I think a lot of people will have things, but they still might say, no, I don't want it to impact the mechanics or the rules. So Oz in a fight, for example, he had, they just rescued a kitten. He had the kitten and a, an attack sprung. Aww. And all he was worried about, because I have two cats, so I think the DM did this to mess with me, because I found a black cat, and I have two black cats. Oh, so I have was, a black was, cat, too. Yes. Oh. So he stood in the back and cast Sanctuary on him and the kitten. Well, him, but, you know, because you can't cast two people. Of but, course. And he didn't, he didn't break the spell. He just kept them protected, because at that point, back to the loneliness angle, he found something. Its mom had died. It was an orphan. It was alone in the world, and... He was like, I need to protect this. And that's all he focused on for that entire fight was just, I have it with me and we're safe. <laughs> and yes, my party was getting beat up. Could I have killed some rats and mitigated damage or, you know, saved some of their resources? Absolutely. But would Oz have done that? He no, he had me, other priorities. Um, there was an episode of a show where the person's like, hey, I'm too scared. Can I attack with disadvantage? And it's like, are you sure? It's like, yeah, no, my character would not be confident enough to hit them with a regular attack and a lot of fans got mad like why would you do that you're going to get someone killed or lose the fight but it's such a perfect character thing like you with the glasses oz protecting life keg making sure they have disadvantage i think those are some of my favorite decisions moments whatever you want to see it because not all of them have long repercussions some just last you know that fight lasted 30 seconds in game maybe but it was an important decision that I'm glad I made. I'm glad you made it too, man, because I've literally been sitting here, like, not pushing the talk on, like, oh, my God, I would have done the same thing. Like, little babies. He has to know if the kitten dies, I riot. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. in game is to kill God. <laughs> like, oh, you're the God of the world? Guess what? I'm getting the God Killer Blade, I'm climbing Olympus, and I'm stabbing you in the face for what you did to my kid. <laughs> no, I, I do the same for mine, so no, I get this decision. Yeah. Oh, yes. man. <sighs> man, this this has been top... I mean, I could say... I could be a piece of shit and say top six of my interviews, but no, like... Oh, top six. Uh, only I top six. I four episodes up, so I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> spoiler, I have a few in the, in the tank, but they're just not done looks at mirror i thought we were better than Believe this me. but editing i mean my dm texts me every day hey you got the most recent episode ready for me yeah sure i'll email it tonight 
I haven't started it. <laughs> yeah, and then like this coming week is my turn to edit my brother and I's podcast. So, <sighs> but anyway, I think this is probably like not only a great like because even through vamping, I feel like we've found a lot, a, a huge amount of what makes Oz Oz. Like we found like his like why he went to his path of uh, following the cloth and such it, that. And and then we even went further in some cases, and this is this was a good one, man. I feel pretty good. I'm very <laughs> flattered given like, how much I have ranted. Um, we did. I think at least I'd say fifty percent of it was directly or tied back into Oz. And absolutely, you know, as you said with the or one of us said with tying ourselves into the character, even how much you want to detach. Oz is not only my namesake, he is a major part, I think, of me. That, Like I said, that valley, that loneliness, needing to belong. You know, I don't think I'm as extreme as Oz, as discussed, but I do think that discussing that and how everything relates to that, both in-game and out-of-game, I think that ties into who Ozeldin is as that character. So I'm glad that you let me rant and rave about random things, both from a personal, cathartic standpoint and just from a getting a grasp because I do think talk about your character to a third party and I love that's why you're doing this because you can help people explore their characters I think that's going to help you people play their characters better I know a lot of people joke how why watch Talks Machina the Critical Role talk show well not only do you get a lot of insight into stuff that you don't get on the show but I think it helps the actors that are playing these characters it helps them get insight into their own characters which then makes the show itself better yeah, they're not going to reference things they talked about in the talk show. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, in-game. I was talking to this random druid stranger, like, trying flavor. No, but when I'm playing my character, based on this conversation, I'm going to be playing him differently. And I think it's going to make the game better for my friends, the story better for our audience, and just overall up my level of enjoyment. So thank you. No, thank you. Like, this, I'm so glad that I was able to do this. Or, I mean, like, that... It worked out like I like just the fact that Jared reached out to me and allowed this to happen. Analyzing why people make characters, why they do I'm this. I'm gonna pitch you a spinoff, and I may have already claimed some of the social media, so we'll have to work on it together. But I joked when Jared approached me as like, no, he stole an idea I was joking about, which is it's a tavern, dive bar, whatever you want to call it. And you have different characters one-upping each other with stories of their adventure. Because we all have stories like the Levi story. I tackled a guy off a mountain and lived. That your character would be telling in his off hours at a tavern. Like, I think all characters in most campaigns have tavern time, downtime. That they would, like, I'm a great adventurer if, if they're drunk or if they're sober because that's their adventurers. And I was like, it'd just be hilarious to get a podcast of not playing D&D, but just people getting together and be like, oh, I'm one-upping you with my character's story. But everyone's doing it as their character. Not like, well, this one time my character, it's like, no, this one time I was fighting a dragon and it breathed fire down upon me, but I rose up five times and I slayed it in the heart. And I was like, that'd be hilarious. And now you have this show and it's basically similar in the concept. So I hate you because you stole my idea. But now I'm on the show and I love it. This was hilarious. I'm sitting here like, that's such a good idea. Like, Like, just like you're picturing your character, aren't you? Like talking to someone else. Yes. Well, one time 
You may have slain the dragon with only a stick and a bow. I once killed it with my pinky finger. I More died. Bar. What's up? Wait. wait. <laughs> I died. I am a ghost in this bar. <laughs> Some say I've been dead for 30 years. Like, And I just like, for, pe- for folks who definitely have their character voices and like have the host be like, I'm the barkeep and I'm sitting here wiping down the table or something like that. Man, that no, I still think that could yeah. still exist, man. I like, I'm with you on I that. I think, I think we could get it. We, ha- you gotta, you're building the connection with people, and then, like you said, character voice will definitely make or break it because I think that's going to be the main flavor fun. But you get enough people who want to try and talk about their character, which I think, as we've discussed an hour ago, it's really easy to talk about your character. Absolutely. And then you just have fun with it, like, hey. Oh, that character you haven't played in five years but was near and dear to your heart? Tell us one of their adventures in character bragging to this fighter, this rogue, and this barbarian. Exactly. And, oh, man. Like, I, it, as soon as you were like, uh, brag, brag, I was like, man, what would my, my fellas talk about? Like, no, that's such a good idea. If you do, oh, well, all right, real quick one, TM, 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 TM. We all have to, like, I feel like I got to edit this out so this still yeah. exists. And Trademark, copyright, timestamp, it's 8.52 p.m. Central Time, October 22nd. <laughs> and um, what, what I, he said. This idea that I was joking about is the exact same thing. It was, okay, I'm already playing. I want to contribute more because I think the more people contribute, the more people participate, the more it's going to grow and the better the hobby will be. And I was like, well, I want to do fan art. And I was like, okay, it's been a while. My art skills have rusted. Like, I used to be okay, but now I'm not the best. I was like, well, what's... I was like, how can you do fan art if you can't actually do art? And I met someone at one of those conventions who their version of fan art was they made a cookbook of in-game recipes for for (sighs) Critical Role. The Slayer's Cake, their cake shop. She made recipes related to the characters, and and I downloaded it. I've only made, like, one or two. They're delicious. I don't know how to find her info, but if you any Critical Role fans Google like Slayer's Cake Cookbook, it's fantastic. And then she's like, and she said it during the meeting we were at, she's like, "This is my fan art," and that stuck with me. So I was driving home, and you always think you know on long drives. I was a three-hour drive, and I was like, "What characters could I make?" Blah blah blah. And for some reason, I was remembering like all my near deaths, and this quote that stuck with me that I was like, "It's the perfect encapsulation of characters telling stories." It was from League of Legends. I went in, I started a fight that I had no business starting as a tank. My entire team came to back me up, and then I ran away. And they all died. Everyone died but me in the game. And and it was quiet. Like, no one said anything. I said, don't worry, guys. I lived. And and everyone just died, and like it was just the perfect way to sum it up. So I was like, that'd be such a great idea. Just don't worry, guys. I lived. And it's just you tell these stories, and you always end it with, "Don't worry, I lived." It's like, well, obviously you lived. You're at the what happened next? About it. Yeah, like you're here. You're telling us. We know you lived. Like you can't cliffhanger us. But it just all came together in this car ride home. I was like, that'd be such a great idea. And then like the next week or two, maybe a month, I get a text. Hey, do you want to get interviewed about your character and tell stories? I was like. That's basically what I thought of. Just a little more formal interview, but I love it. I want to do it. What's hell? Yeah. No, I'm so glad that you came on and we're so willing to kind of immediately jump into it. Uh, This has been one eye opening and, and it's kind of like how I was able to be a third party to help you like process some stuff. You've also helped like open up my eyes to like, 
how like because again this was just supposed to be just how do they like their coffee? Are they a morning person? What do they look for uh, when they're like cruising for chicks or, you know, vice versa or anything like that? Something super, <laughs> a lot of superficial stuff that either, cause like, that's what I think about my character. And it's like, cause a lot of people are like, what, like whatever this, I'm like, nah, my character sucks with money. I don't know why he don't know why either. And what does he like to buy at candy shops? You know, just like little stupid details. And I think it was because of watching dating shows and just like, they like long walks on the beach and blah, blah, blah. Like, and that's, that's part of it. I was like, I wonder what other people's like dumb, not necessarily dumb, but just like absolutely unrelated to combat character details are like, what kind of music do they like? Just stuff like that. And I, people love talking about their characters. So let's do Which it. It's funny because I literally have, it's not for Oz. I wish I did one now. I had a little sheet that was literally like a dating cheat sheet for my new DM for my warlock. It's like likes, dislikes. What does he do in your time? I wrote that on. So it's like likes, bright lights, campfires, etc. Dislikes, dark caves, cave-ins, things that cause <laughs> cave-ins. It's like all this just goofy stuff I wrote down because I was bored at work. And it's like, yeah, that's the perfect interview stuff. That's yeah. Nothing we <laughs> talked about. In the oh, best absolutely. Way possible. Um, this will be. I mean, this is well over the time I normally would do this, but like two part episode. That's right, first one. Woo -woo. <laughs> I was about to say, like, since this is a continuing character, um, I would, and since there was a lot of stuff that we may not have gotten to, I don't see why Oz can't come back. And also, you have multiple characters, as you said earlier, and. And, and again, like, as the series progresses, this could almost be, like, the, the talking dead type thing for Oz. And if, you know, other players come on as well, like, just be that. The, like, the parts in Survivor where they sit by themselves and, like, man, I voted for him because he's been a real jerk and just stuff like that. Like, the, the talking head part of it. Like, I'd love to be or, or kind of act as that service. But also at the same time... I'll go ahead and open up the floor. If there's any final thoughts for Oz, I don't know if there like if there is or if there would be because I feel like we went ham. But if you'd like to plug anything, hmm, I don't know what. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave the floor open, and we'll wrap this up in a little okay. bit. Um, yeah, I'd say first off, absolutely, I would love to come back, talk about Oz, talk about any of the characters I've played. I got three that I'm currently playing technically four you could argue so you know i'm all every week i'm getting new content for characters that helps me reflect that would be fun to watch and i do love the idea because i know some of the guys on the podcast that's at proficient with skulls on twitter or on itunes anywhere you can get google play podbean anywhere you can get podcasts download us sundays at eight <laughs> any of them um two of them in game um, one of the characters is the squire to the other and they are you joking and I don't know if they've approached you they want to do a tag team discussion about the characters <laughs> because those characters have such a bond so we I know the skull crew is very excited to keep working with you just on a first pass and I do think like you said talking dead style going forward who knows you know in a month or two what oz has gone through that's going to make me reflect like i can't wait to come back actually after he finds out some of these big answers 
and discuss them with you because you know what you probably know more than the dm even about what's gotten him to where he is currently so that revelation is good i need someone to help me process so definitely i love that concept uh wrapping oz himself up i do think at the end of the day he is a relatable character in that he is just someone who is looking for answers to the things that bug him you know in this case it's loneliness but there's a lot of emotions that bond people whether it's loneliness happiness scared i think that makes him relatable to the fans and that everyone's had a moment like yeah no i kind of wish i belonged or yeah no i wish i was smarter faster stronger and if you haven't i'm very happy for you but one of the lucky yeah, ones you are lucky and please shine your light bright because it's people who do know what they're doing that figured it out that have the contentness content sounds like bad like oh you're content but you know the people that are happy with where they are their happiness can help people you never know who you're going to help by shining your light either on them or near them so please people who are happy spread that warmth and i think it'll be really fun to see him because that's all he's looking for now that he realized that 10 years of warmth that he felt was a lie you know, I think there's a little bit of desire and hope, definitely. But there's also some anger. Like, who is this person that granted him not real friendship? Because in D&D, like, if the gods can grant you magic, they should be able to get you, you know, adopted or a friend. So who's this person that instead of giving him just the happiness said, well, here's some powers so you could be an adventurer. Here's what your life would be like not as an adventurer you have two friends you know maybe you and the girl romance have kids a family you have the grumpy uncle great jk you don't have that but you can be an adventurer like it's kind of a move by whoever's part this is so absolutely you know he might he might embrace it and say you know what i'm happy to find my place or again joking about killing god he might say f you i am now determined to wreck you you know if you have other followers i'm going to kill them if you have a home base i'm going to kick the door in and stab you and i that's what i love about dnd i don't know what he's going to do until it happens i don't know how he's going to react to these revelations i can speculate how i want him to react but until that moment happens and i've journeyed there as the character of oz there's no guarantee what his next move is going to be and that's why i love Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, this is another one where me jumping in is just absolutely detracting. But <laughs> you, it is... Oh, man. Yeah, so I, again, thank you very much for being this week's guest. Uh, I feel like n I've, I've learned a lot about not just Oz the cleric, but Oz the person as well. And, I, I mean, I, I would love to have you on again. And, but for this episode, this will be Tell Me About Your Elf. And thank you very much for telling me about your elf. Thanks for having me.